I am so convinced and so convinced that I had the coronavirus in January and I was just walking around sprinting into everybody. So when we defund the police, there's still going to be police out there, my little cupcakes. And don't forget this, President Bone Spurs, you didn't even go to the military. Did you like that? <laughs> Welcome to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar. Proud to be joining you live. What's the date? It's not June 4th. There's no way it's June 4th. I'm not moving on until I get the date right. June 19th, 2020. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm just folks. I'm just a mess today. I'll just, I'll let you know that to start. But let me get through the intro. Uh, Oops, all topics is presented to you by the Oops, all topics network, reminding you to always lose your fear and find your voice. Email me at jedger1982 at gmail.com. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jedger. Follow or share or download the show at oopsawtopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. So the reason I'm a mess today is like fivefold. Uh, for starters, um, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, summer allergies and like, it's just sometimes hard to breathe, uh, through my nose and then it like makes my voice sound weird. And so I have that, even though I have a radio show, uh, I'm, I'm with Frankie by myself this weekend because Jess is in California helping her mom move, uh, move down here. Actually, she's doing the old move from California to Illinois. Who doesn't love that move? And then um, we're also in the in the uh, we're also transitioning uh, from a uh, refrigerator uh, from one to another, and I, I put the refrigerator on 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 a offer up, and <laughs> I mean it just the the timing like the, and the and, and they're saying they're going to be here any minute. I literally may stop the show and just like go back to recording. Um, but, and then all this is on top of Frankie taking his nap right now. So I have to do the radio show during Frankie's nap. And then I'm sure someone who's going to come over and try to get a refrigerator is going to be talking loud and moving a refrigerator, but I digress. We'll get through this, uh, uh through this, uh, show. So anyways, um, and I'm going to try to make it a fairly short show today and short for me is like 45 minutes. I know I've been going like an hour six lately just cause I talk about just everything. That's the reason why we call it oops, all topics. But anyways, uh, errors and omissions. Last week, I brought up the Autonomous Zone. Uh, it was kind of uh, hitting a fever pitch whenever the show dropped last week and then fizzled, fizzled out over last weekend. But I wanted to go ahead and bring it up. And I really wanted to bring up the uh, most recent news. Uh, this article is from June 16th, so just a few days ago. What's really going on at Seattle's so-called Autonomous Zone? Chaz, and that's what they call this autonomous zone, went from terrorist organization to sovereign nation to violent anarchists to being robbed by crackheads to begging for food from cops to deserted and protesters in 24 hours. One user tweeted about Seattle's Capitol Hill autonomous zone with a cry laugh emoji. On my feed, it was followed immediately by a tweet that painted a very different picture. So far, the Chaz is the ideal society. No fear of the police, people hanging and supporting one another, Chaz, class solidarity. So I guess that whole first part was like fear appeal. If you're trying to figure out what Chaz is or what's happening there, what you read will likely reflect your network's political beliefs. If you lean right, you might see Chaz mocked as a failed experiment run by radical anarchists. If you lean left, you might see Post praising it as a new sort of utopia comparable to Freetown, Christiana, and Copenhagen, Denmark. As people outside, da, 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 as misinformation and cherry-picked videos and images spread across the internet, I noticed people outside of Seattle had two very different views of what was happening in Chaz. So basically, I didn't really want to go back into uh, the whole discussion. And in fact, it seems like it's died down recently, but Trump said he was going to go shut it down. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's not going to work ultimately, uh, just because of like a siege mentality. Like they're eventually going to need food. Uh, they're eventually going to need an army. Uh, Trump's going to go in there one day and just clean it up. That's how they got rid of, uh, Occupy Wall Street. But it sends a message. Certainly whenever the president is tweeting about it, you have his attention. 
so what's next? That was it as far as like the errors and omissions from last show. Uh, my watch list, uh, I mean, it's just, I'm watching Rick and Morty in reverse. And so what happened was, and they're so, they're, they're really weird with their timing. Like they'll break up their seasons like Breaking Bad did near the end where they'll have one half season. Oh, and Walking Dead does it too. But they'll have one half of a season in one part of the year and then boom, they'll just drop another five episodes. And so I, they most recently got done with the second half of season four and I watched those episodes and then I was like, well, I want to see what happened in the other areas of season four. I watched those uh, episodes and then I'm just, I was just kind of like, there was like, a, I think a cliffhanger from one episode to another. And so I started at the end of season three and so I'm just watching it backwards. And if you even know Rick and Morty, that, that show is just holy bumfuck craziness already. And for me to watch it backwards is just even more ridiculous. If you haven't watched Rick and Morty, give it a shot. You have to at least give it to uh, get, watch the episode leading up to the Meeseeks episode. You, you'll get hooked on the Meeseeks episode. Or if you want specific recommendation of episodes, I'll tell you. Uh, so anyways, let's go on to current events since we're a news commentary show. And uh, we're going to start with sports, even though there's no sports going on. And uh, it looks like we're about ready to start playing NBA basketball in a bubble. Have you heard about this? Uh, <clears throat> I'll either I want to talk about... Yeah, okay, so anyways, the players made this, like, 100-page, or whoever's in charge of this whole bubble the NBA is playing in, they made a 100-page safety plan, and it includes all the things that they're doing while they're in the bubble. Apparently, they're, like, at Disney World. I'm wondering if the article will, will explain it for me. Uh, I'll try to fill in the blanks. Uh, after months of work, the NBA released its health and safety protocol for the resumption of the 2019 season on Tuesday. It covers the team's ramp up over the next several weeks in their home markets, the onboarding of every team upon arrival at Walt Disney World in Orlando, and the guidelines for how to start the season. <clears throat> start the season. So this paragraph does a pretty good idea of what uh, uh, explains what we're talking about. Uh, the, the players have to do a certain thing whenever they're at home. Like, let's say you live at, you play for the Philadelphia 76ers. You've got to, like, quarantine yourself, or you've got to go through a checklist before you can even get on the plane to go to what looks to be Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And once you get, the, get there, you're in the NBA bubble! Over 100 pages long, the protocol is a monster document that details everything from what happens in the event of a positive COVID-19 test to the rules for playing ping pong in players' lounges at the team hotels. That's right, NBA players. You can play ping pong. You can play basketball with each other. I'm sure that there's an arcade there. You might even get some Mickey Mouse pancakes. Here are some answers for the biggest questions on, uh, outlined in the NBA safety plan. Uh, I don't want to talk about what happens if they get COVID-19. They'll just say, like, you know, get better. <laughs> Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Let's happen if a player doesn't want to go. If a team determines a player is at higher risk for severe illness of COVID, he can be designated as a protected player who does not have to reopen or report and will not lose salary. Additionally, a panel of three medical experts will review players' medical histories and could determine whether a player has a higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. In that case, a player is excused and will also not be docked salary. Boring. Sorry. Sorry I bored you older coaches. Okay, let's read this and then we'll move on. What will life be like at Disney World? It's going to be a tough arrival. When everyone gets there, there will be a have to there there will have to self-isolate in their hotel rooms for up to 48 hours until they have two negative COVID-19 tests. This is to make sure there is no one in the bubble with the virus. Players and staff can't go into one another's rooms. Through July 21st, players cannot socialize with players staying at other hotels. Three hotels are being used to limit spread if there is an outbreak. Each team will have its own chef and food room Room and food room that is open up to 24 hours a day, though they can eat with other players outside. They will also be able to order room service using an app. Eventually, teams can have meals at some restaurants on, on the Disney campus that will be closed down to accommodate them. They might also be able to order from select local restaurants. <clears throat> Everyone on campus will be required to use a Disney Magic Band unless they're playing basketball or working out. Magic Bands will be used as hotel keys and to check in for the coronavirus testing and other medical screenings. At each hotel, there will be players' lounges with video games, card tables, ping pong, and other recreational activities. No doubles in ping pong for social distancing reasons, and new packs will be used for each session of card games. Yes, that's all in there. Okay. I'm not sure if I bored you over the past five minutes. Sorry, Sarah Joyner, if you're listening. But this stuff fascinates me. This is adult camp. Like, these guys are like, hey, what if I want to play ping pong? Okay, you can play ping pong, but you can't play doubles ping pong because, you know, COVID-19. 
It also says in here that they're going to get there. There's like, there's uh, uh, barbers and there's, uh, you can get your manicured, uh, pedicures, all, all those things. And, uh, and they're going to be in a bubble and you can't leave the bubble because when you, when you leave the bubble, you might get COVID and you can't go in the bubble. Say bubble one more time, Jason. I am going to talk about a bubble one more time because Dr. Fauci thinks if uh, NFL players want to play football, they're going to have to do the same thing. And when you're talking about football, this is going to like quadruple the amount of players. You know how many ping pong tables you're going to have, Dr. Fauci? And you know who thinks Dr. Fauci has a bad idea? You guessed it. Number 45 himself, Donald Trump. Uh, according to Yahoo Sports, President Donald Trump disagrees with Dr. Anthony Fauci on NFL restart. Won't watch if players kneel. Of course he won't. Uh, Trump has conflicted thoughts on the NFL restarting. Trump tweeted his support of the league's safety precautions Friday, but reiterated he would not watch football in 2020 if players are allowed to kneel during the national anthem. Trump comments has come a day after Dr. Anthony Fauci threw cold water on the idea football would be played this year. Fauci said players would have to be kept in a bubble, tested every day to ensure the league was safe. The president disagreed with Fauci, Fauci's pessimism, essentially telling Fauci to stop talking about the NFL. Let's do the tweet. Tony Fauci has nothing to do with the NFL. They are planning a very safe and controlled opening. However, if they don't stand for our national anthem and our great American flag, I will be watching. <laughs> Three exclamation points. You hear that, Kaepernick? Kaepernick isn't going to get a job, and I'll tell you why. He's not one of the 32 best quarterbacks and your backup quarterback can't be a celebrity, especially a celebrity at the magnitude of Colin Kaepernick in 2020, for Pete's sake. Like, they would literally just tear down the stadium. Do you remember when Mike Pence um, went to, like, an NFL game where they were kneeling and then he left? It was a huge stunt. So I didn't mean to talk about Trump there. As you know, we're not in our Trump talk segment. We're uh, we're just uh, we're kind of going down the current events. And I just I love the idea that we just we want to see sports so bad that we're literally making them play in bubbles. And it's like, don't leave the bubble because if you leave the bubble, you're not going to be able to come back. <laughs> and you know who else isn't going to be in the bubble? Women. What are they going to do about women? Yeah, have you seen the past episode, the, the season three of uh, Better Call Saul? I'm going to ruin this for you, Joseph McGee. In season three of Better Call Saul, they show how they build the super lab of Breaking Bad, and they have to have like these individuals that have to hide in this in this kind of bubble area for like six months or however long it takes to build the... Uh, they use like something that built the channel for Pete's sake to do it. But anyways, it, it goes longer than expected. It's like eight months, ten months, and these guys, all they want to do is get out and go get strippers. So that's what's going to happen whenever you're in the NBA in the NBA bubble, there's not going to be any girls around. You'll be able to play ping pong, not with your friend, but you certainly can't go out and get your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever and make sweet, sweet love. Or even hold hands for Pete's sake because you might get the coronavirus. Uh, there was more police violence this week. Um, I, I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that the reason the George Floyd uh, was the video that kind of sparked all the protest uh, was just because, uh, and I told Jess this, it's, it's because we, we got to see both of their faces. We got to see, De we, we got to, like, unfortunately. We see, we see George Floyd's face, and then we see, uh, we see Derek Chauvin's disgusting face. And it's just like, white cop, racist literally murdering a black man. And, and I hate to, you know, drudge it up once again, but, you know, this is the conversation we're having these days. <clears throat> and so that's the reason why you we've seen this spark of uh, outrage and uh, people all over the place are, like, passing legislation. Um, but this one, uh, Richard Brooks, that led to the burning down of the Wendy's, um, I, I pair that with, um, with listening to Sam Harris. And if you've ever listened to Sam Harris, you know how great of a modern-day philosopher he is. Um, but he, he equates this, uh, this idea that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, that we're never going to get rid of these videos that show black individuals, uh, uh, being shot by police. Uh, we're, we're, there's always going to be some sort of police violence as long as we have like a police, you know, police force out there. 
Um, and he says, one thing you just simply can't do, and certainly it doesn't make it right, and I, but I'm not in that situation, is, is resisting arrest with somebody with a gun. Yeah, you know, like, and he, and he took the taser away, and, uh, and he shot the taser at him, and, and I think that these individuals are going to have a, uh, are going to have a good case of, uh, of, of there being an imminent threat. Uh, I haven't went any more, uh, into it than that, and ultimately, um, just the way that Sam, uh, approaches the topic, uh, and he knows about, like, the widespread, uh, amount of the percentage, and I'll talk about it here with us in a second. Where, <clears throat> actually, you know what? Let me even bring it up. This is the one statistic I wanted to bring up today. Um, of course, there's going to be white, uh, you know, uh, white individuals killed by white cops, but that's because we live in a white country. Um, so, well, listen to these uh, statistics. Uh, the population of the United States is 60% white, and 17% of, uh, of, of those share a death per million. So per million, I guess, death uh, 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 by cop is uh, 17%, whereas black people are 13% of the population, but they equate to 43% of every death per million. I really wish they would say just 4 in 10 versus 1 in 10, even though there's way more uh, white people in the country. And so that's the statistic I wanted to bring up. Uh, according to Washington Post, updated June 2nd, 2020. And if you've heard of this statistic, you know, email me and say if, if it's been debunked or something. But if you ever hear people say more white people uh, get killed by cops than black people, that's just because there's more white people freaking walking around and committing crimes, you know. But when there's so little people of color in the country to begin with, and four in ten police deaths are them, that's the reason why we have Black Lives Matter. And so I'm torn. You know, I have that segment, uh, the sub-segment in my segment. Uh, I'm torn because I know for a fact that there's racism out there. <clears throat> I do a lot of reflecting whenever I hear about these uh, racist activities that go on, and I think about how I was, uh, like, racist jokes that I heard from everyone in my hometown, and there was not a black person in sight. I, I'm from Aurora, Missouri, and it is white as can be, white as cream of wheat, if, or white as rice, right? I think my cousin Jeff graduated with one black guy, DJ Floyd, and everyone remembers DJ because he was like the one black guy at Aurora, at Aurora High School, and I, I can't even imagine the racism that he had to deal with. But... When you have anecdotal evidence, and whether you like to hear it or not, George Floyd is anecdotal, Rashard Brooks is anecdotal, Tamir Rice is anecdotal, it's, it, it cannot be the only push for change. And you even see that in the legislation that Trump put in the executive order. He just has no chokeholds. Like, that's universal. Stop choking people, Derek Chauvin, you fucking prick. You don't need to, especially when they're, when they're handcuffed. And hopefully they have teeth to enforce that law, where if we have something like the law right now where there's no chokeholds and you fucking use a chokehold, you know, what is the punishment for that? I hope that is set. Um, there should also be, a, be de-escalation. And if we get a Democratic president, there should be some of these ideas where we not necessarily defund the police, but reassess the funding that police receive and put way more into housing, healthcare, um, mental health, so on and so forth. But here's what Sam Harris says. There will be a future video of a white police officer murdering a black person, a person of color. There will be a member of ICE that more, more than likely will kill a, an immigrant, maybe an illegal immigrant nonetheless. It doesn't matter. Those aren't going to go away, okay? Uh, hopefully, they, they don't go away, but, but remember that it, it was a chokehold that was just administered, but we, we still gonna have their, they're still going to have guns. They're still going to have tasers. They're just not going to have chokeholds. So, and, it, and it hurts to even say things like that, but folks, I mean, if, you, if you're like me and you grew up with debate, 
Like, you can't win debate topics with emotion and anecdotal evidence, okay? And, and you know, you know that I am totally anti-Trump. And whatever the opposite of Trump is, that is my ideology, okay? Democrat, liberal. Let's be efficient with government spending, okay? But let's not defund the police because of anecdotal evidence, all right? And look at that. It's, it's I'm torn. There, there, there's evidence on both sides. It's not Antifa versus Nazis, folks. There's got to be some middle ground. And there's got to be some middle ground that we can have a discussion about. But, for, but we most certainly have to understand that black lives matter and we need to reassess how we fund our police. With that being said, you're listening to Oopsaw Topics with Jason Edgar, part of the Oopsaw Topics Network. Email me at jedgar1982 at gmail.com. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at thejedgar. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsawtopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. And I'm just, I, I just think that that whole last like five or six minutes that I was talking about um, Sam Harris and all the uh, philosophy there, that was some of the best podcasting I've done over the past six or seven minutes paired with one of the worst introductions I've ever given. <laughs> that reminds me. I, I have recently, over the past two weeks, re-fallen in love with Bill Burr. Um, I got to a point like a couple Sundays ago where I was like running out of podcasts to listen to, so I turned up, tuned into his Monday morning podcast. And honestly, you can only listen to like the first 20 minutes before he does like he does like the best of. But his podcast is just like Oops Hot Topics. It's just him talking, very little tech, laughing, cursing. It's exactly the type of podcast that I want. And Bill Burr's hysterical. His his um God, I can't remember which one it was. It's the it's the it's the uh, stand-up show where he there's something happens to the family in his car where they're all murdered and he turns around and he goes, "My family." <laughs> Speaking of family, he has a uh, Netflix show called F is for Family. I'm going to try to talk Jess into watching it because it looks really good. And I'm just going to start supporting Bill Burr. Oh, here's another thing. He's one of the main uh, main characters in the, in the King of Staten Island. It's like the number one streaming movie right now. I love Bill Burr. All right, let's move on to the Corona Corner. We're bringing it back. Second wave, baby. In fact, let's, let's call that. Let's call it that. Uh, working title, Corona Corner Second Wave. Second wave COVID. Corona Corner part. <laughs> Hold on. Corona Corner. How about me and you call it on ice? <laughs> That'll be our sign for uh, it's coming back. It's in the second wave. And I heard someone describe it. It's in that coronavirus uh, podcast that I listened to, the medical one. Um, and they had a they had a phrase that I think I might even. Uh, no, I think I have my title made right now, but but listen to this phrase and you tell me if it if it if you think it's uh if you think it's accurate. Is is COVID over or are we over COVID? Now remember those weeks where we were in lockdown, right? Those month that month, six weeks, eight weeks. We were all paying attention. And we were all paying attention to the amount of um uh, weeks that were going by, and we'd be we'd we we'd use sanitizer, and we wear masks and gloves everywhere. Um, and now it's like no one's wearing gloves, and there seems to be a big cultural discussion about uh, well, it's more like a fight about whether we should wear a fucking mask or not. And it's like, dude, come on, wear a mask, all right? And. And it's like, and everyone has just seemed like they've just forgotten about it. Everyone's like, I'll, I'll take my chances. I want to be social for God's sakes. I want things to go back to normal. Folks, it's June 19th. It's Juneteenth. This is the, this is the normal, man. <laughs> I sound like the big Lebowski. <laughs> You're living it. You've got to start living your life. Now, I'm not saying go out and, 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 and go play basketball outside the NBA bubble, but I'm saying, like, you need to wear a mask, and you need to move on with your life, and you need to sanitize yourself and take showers, and you need to build up your immune system. But the virus, it's here. And um, there's been spikes in more than 20 states. 
Um, Illinois, thankfully, is not one of them, but I know uh, Aaron and uh, Christian and all our friends that live in Tulsa uh, or near Tulsa, uh, where that uh, that Trump rally is going to be hosted uh, soon. Uh, they're in like a, a huge uh, spiking area, and another area that is spiking is um, is Florida. Uh, according to CNN, Florida shows signs as next coronavirus epicenter as cases spike across the country. That's lovely news. June eighteenth, ten states saw a record number of new COVID nineteen cases this week, and one of them could be the next epicenter of the national health crisis. Florida reported 3,200 additional coronavirus cases on Thursday, the largest single-day count in the state since the pandemic, according to the state health department. Florida's total reported cases climbed to nearly 86,000, according to data. The Sunshine State, oh, it's sunny. Maybe this, maybe the sun will take it away. The sun, because it's in Florida. The Sunshine State has all the markings of the next large epicenter of coronavirus transmission and risks being the worst it has ever been, according to projections from a model by scientists at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and the University of Pennsylvania. That makes me very worried because at the numbers now they're, they're now seeing, it's very easy to start doubling and lose control of the epicenter of the epidemic, says Dr. David Rubin, director of Policy Lab at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So if you're in Florida... Uh, take cover. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so what did we talk about last week? So it's, a, we, we, something was happening in China in October of 2019. There were people at the hospital and they were, they were Googling things about like diarrhea and a cough. That was, let's just say it started in October. We had the bat sandwich in October. Bat sandwich. That reminds me. You should watch. Uh, you should listen to the Unreal Talk Show with Aaron Walker. Uh, it's on this. Uh, it's on this uh, patio. This audio stream. But I digress. Bat sandwich. October hits. China has it. January, February. We're kind of getting it, but Trump is saying we don't have it. Then we have all the Carnival cruise ships that have it. And then March leads to the shutdown. April, May, June. Like how many months is that? That's nine months. Like, you could have had a child in that nine months if you needed to know how long exactly nine months was. And this is not going away. God, didn't I say it wasn't going away four fucking months ago? Like, you have to be in an NBA bubble to play in the NBA. And Dr. Fauci is saying that you have to be in the NFL bubble. And Trump disagrees with him. And I'm not saying that Fauci has been fantastic lately, but I certainly agree with him over Trump. Folks, what are we doing? It's just it's gonna be like this for two years, I swear. And I think I think our schools are getting more and more comfortable with summer school, uh, not summer school, with online teaching. I am loving summer school. I do it from this computer. I, I have Zoom classes and then I put a podcast on this audio stream. You listen to oops all topics, you also learn how to learn how to you learn how to speak in public. <laughs> Uh, that's another thing. I'm in this fucking bedroom because I can't do it on at WZQC the Q anymore. So that wraps up Corona Corner whoosh, on ice. Whatever happened to the bright side of COVID? Do 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 do. Bright side of COVID. Jason loves teaching summer school, and that's the bright side of COVID. Do 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 do. All right, let's move on to Trump talk. He had the executive order. Executive orders are an extremely powerful thing that a uh, president can do. I think he wants to limit chokeholds and uh, de-escalation. Uh, I'm going to talk about other powers that the, uh, that the president has in actually our feature discussion that's coming up soon. Um, this was the week that there was some ramp stuff. Apparently he went down a ramp really weird and uh, he had to have help from his uh, secret service and like he even like tweeted about it and was like the ramp was very steep and it was very wet and i pretty much jogged the rest of the way like come on dude you you are always tweeting about your insecurities if it's not robert Mueller, it's hillary clinton and if it's not clinton it's sleepy joe biden and if it's not sleepy joe it's whoever the fuck it is it's colin kaepernick and in this instance it's who a ramp a ramp it reminds me of the time Barack Obama was um, was really worried about uh, the way he was perceived uh, walking down a ramp. Just kidding. He never was like that. <laughs> we have fallen, no pun intended, so far from Donald Trump. 
He's also in a lawsuit with his niece over the niece's father's money. Um, I may have to talk about this in errors and omissions if you want more information, but if you ever hear about a Trump lawsuit with his niece, uh, the niece isn't saying like, I don't think there's a lawsuit between Donald and her. Uh, I think they have a, uh, a do not disclose agreement, uh, which she, when, where she has like information, but honestly, who cares? Like the John Bolton book came out this week where he, they pretty much, he's, he's, he had just said everything that was like, you have to disagree with Trump at this point. Um, but I don't think there's much news there with the niece lawsuit. It's just there's here's what it is. Someone died, and uh, money's involved, and they're trying to they're trying to uh, separate the pie, and Donald Trump's involved. So of course Donald Trump is going to say, "I want the whole pie, and I'm going to sue you for it," because he's a litigious prick. And then this is making news um, uh, on Facebook. What's that? <laughs> Facebook removes Trump ads with symbol used by Nazis. The campaign calls it an emoji. Oh, you do that, don't you? Don't you use Nazi emojis? Christ, what world are we living in? Facebook on Thursday said it removed campaign posts and advertisements from the Trump campaign featuring an upside-down red triangle symbol once used by Nazis to identify political opponents. The post, according to a Facebook spokesperson, violated the social network's policy against hate. Our policy prohibits using a banned hate group symbol to identify political prisoners without the context that condemns or discusses the symbol, the spokesperson told NPR. One of the political advertisements claimed that dangerous mobs of far-left groups are running through our streets and causing absolute mayhem. The ad went on to say protesters are destroying America's cities by rioting. It's absolute madness, the ad says. Some prisoners in Nazi concentration camps were identified with colored inverted triangles sewn onto uniforms to allow SS guards to identify the alleged grounds for being detained, according to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum. So, folks, if we lived in fucking Nazi Germany, or it was like Nazi Germany here, and, uh, and like, Donald Trump was president... Um, I would have like one of these uh, these upside down symbols. And, and what did I do? I disagreed with him putting kids in cages. I disagreed with his tax cut that just went to corporations and rich people. I disagree with his Supreme Court appointments, which we, as we all know, Kavanaugh had like an, a sexual assault allegation. Uh, he hasn't done anything to control drugs or testing. Can you get a test? Can you get a fucking coronavirus test still? He told me I was going to get a test in March. I still haven't got one. While talking about peaceful protesters, tear-gassed on American soil, peaceful protesters, so he could move people around, so he could do a very weird, as bizarre as fuck uh, photo op in front of a church. I disagree with all that stuff, and because of that, I get like an upside-down symbol, and that means like the police can treat me bad. Like <laughs> that—that's like they—they they talk about that in the the, the Handmaid's Tale. Like, that's not a world you want to live in. And eventually, it's like only the inner circle that doesn't get the upside-down triangle. Because trust me when I say, folks, like, when there comes a point when you can't protest, they're going to start raising your taxes even more. Yeah, the Republicans or the alt-right. Because how are they going to get their money? Let's move on to Biden my time because I am just... I am fed up with Donald Trump. I tell you what. I tell you what, Oops All Topics listeners. <laughs> okay, this will put me in a good mood. A Fox News poll. Biden's lead widens to 12 points over Trump. <laughs> the fake news from Fox. <laughs> I tend to believe this one. Former Vice President Joe Biden has opened up a 12-point lead over President Trump in the latest Fox News poll. As a majority of voters say they disapprove of the president's handling of the protests in response to the police killing of George Floyd. The survey finds Biden at 50% and Trump at 38%. Biden led Trump 48-40 to 40 in the Fox News poll in mid-May. The former VP has surpassed the 50% mark in the re Real Clear Politics average, where he leads Trump by nearly nine points overall. And trust me when I say Trump, you don't want to lead, you don't want to be down in that poll. Here's the thing, folks. You can tell me until you're blue in the face that polls don't matter, but do you know what else doesn't matter? Or you know what does matter? Hillary Clinton isn't the Democratic candidate. I'm starting to realize that in 2016, voters hated Hillary Clinton so much that they voted for Donald Trump. Like, that's just, that's just how it is. Like, it only swung by 60,000 people. Like, in four or five, six or seven or eight counties, 
20 or so districts, rep districts, spanning Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana. Those are places that Hillary Clinton didn't visit, and she lost. You think Michigan is really that conservative? Do you think Pennsylvania is really that conservative? Pennsylvania didn't vote conservative since the 1980s when they voted for Reagan. Pennsylvania knows what they want. They want Reagan, and then they want Democrats. They don't want Trump. Just, just prop Joe Biden up in the corner. He continues to eat up percentage points, and he's not doing anything. And this comes in a week where he said he doesn't support defund the police. He's on the same page as Trump on that. How many weeks in a row am I going to say, show me a poll where Biden is not kicking Biden's or Trump's ass? <laughs> He's kicking his own ass. America, I mean, if you're like me, you're fed up. How about that for a proximity statement? If you're like me, you're fed up with Donald Trump and want to support Joe Biden. We're also going to bring back the, seg uh, the segment, who's the VP? And you know who's not going to be the VP? Amy Klob. The, um, I'm so tired. The protests are working in such a way that even politicians are jumping out of the way to allow for uh, minority uh, individuals to run for, for Congress. And so Amy Klobuchar, if you don't know, she's a Minnesota senator. She's a badass. I like her. She throws staplers at her, uh, <laughs> at her help. <laughs> but she's white as, as can be. What did we say earlier? White as rice? And she, uh, she left the race. She said, sorry, I think it should be a person of color. I just got a maybe an important uh, email. I'm not sure. And I really think it's going to be Kamala Harris against my will. I really think it's going to be Kamala Harris. She's been lobbying for it. Or maybe I just follow her on Twitter. I don't know. She gave... Um, she really ripped into Joe Biden during the, ele uh, during the, uh, the, 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 the debates. Uh, she talked to him about busing. And all these, all these things that we uh, yelled at Joe Biden for... Doesn't matter. Like he is the he's the candidate. We we knew about all this stuff. We knew about uh we knew about the Tara Reid thing that came and went. Uh, do you remember him sniffing people's hair and awkward massages and the like the Ukraine investigation? If there's any teeth there, uh, all his uh, not so great moments uh, race wise. And Democrats were like, sounds good to me. I'll take that. Over Bernie Sanders. So so I think it's going to be Biden-Harris. Biden-Harris is going to be our Democratic ticket to take down Trump-Pence. And with that, your presenting sponsor of Oops All Topics is Morton College. Did you know Morton College offers 17 associate's degrees in applied sciences, five transfer program degrees, and 40 career certificates, including programs like forklifting, pharmacy, welding, and vet tech. In the event, you need the forklift, some welding equipment to vet techs, and a pharmacy. Not to mention the number one nursing program in the Chicagoland area. Bow, bow, bow. Morton College is excited to offer day, evening, online, or hybrid courses during the fall, summer, and spring to meet the demands of your busy schedule. So, whether you're looking to transfer to four-year school or earn, a career toward, earn credits toward a career, Morton College has the classes and schedule for you. So, for more information, call 708-656-8000, uh, look them up on Facebook, Morton College, or visit www.morton.edu. Woohoo! I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to have NBA bubble as a, uh, as a recurring segment in current events. Let's move on to weird science. Our last article of the day, using a giant balloon, startup wants to launch space tourists from Kennedy Space Center. I really hope I'm recording. I'm recording. Did you say space balloon, Jason? Tell me more. Oh, and the picture's super cool, too. If an upstart's company's vision comes to fruition, adventurous tourists of the future will ascend some 100,000 feet to the stratosphere under a high-altitude balloon and gaze at stunning views of Earth below them, all without using the 
the use of a towering rocket. Space Perspective on Thursday said the company is poised to begin testing its spaceship Neptune, a 650-foot vehicle that includes a balloon and tethered capsule sometime next year. The launch site, Kennedy Space Center's former shuttle landing facility, which the company has officially leased from Space Florida, the state's spaceport authority, so Space Florida is apparently a thing. After liftoff, the hydrogen-filled balloon will carry a pilot and eight passengers on a 12-mile-an-hour, two-hour ascent to about 19 miles above Earth or nearly three miles as high as most airliners. There, the group will spend another two hours taking in the views, capturing photos, and socializing. This sounds super cool! Those itching to share the experience on social media need not worry. Internet access will be provided in the capsule. Though there is no clear delineation, space is widely agreed to begin at either 50 miles above sea level for NASA or 62 miles for other organizations. The latter is known as the Carmen Line. That sounds fun. So space balloon. Um, and I'm sure I'm editorializing here, but what if it pops? <laughs> I will not be going in it. Um, I've re I'm I'm past the age of thirty, by a couple of years, and I'm just I'm done doing things that there's any sort of like risk of me dying. Uh, the only thing that I will do that there might be a risk of dying is whitewater rafting. You know why? Because whitewater rafting's fun. That's why. I'm gonna drag my family to Colorado. Say, all right, now we're gonna whitewater raft. Are you with me? Everyone says no, and then I go by myself. All right, let's move on to our feature discussion where I'm going to make an argument that there are two reasons we will always have a two-party system. And if you are an Advent listener, is Advent the right word? If you are an enthusiastic listener of Oops All Topics, you know what those two reasons are. Or you might be tuning in to Oops All Topics to hear my reason why or the answer to the question, or <laughs> what am I trying to say here? You just want to know what the two reasons are, for fuck's sake. And I'll get to that here in a second. Anyways, the Supreme Court this week uh, recently had two rulings uh, that were both bad for Trump. Uh, one said that LGBTQ have certain rights, and so do DACA recipients. And this is with a Supreme Court that favors conservatives five to four. Okay. Um, these rulings are extremely important in the lives of these individuals, but they're also important for you as well. Because maybe you're not gay right now. What if you're gay in the next few years? Or what if you decide you're going to be a woman and you want trans rights? So even though you don't necessarily care about these rights now, maybe you'll care about them in the future. The same thing goes with illegal immigrants. Like, I mean, just you need to have empathy for children of immigrants who were born here and then they have a country saying you got to go back to a country you're not familiar with and has gang violence. So it's important for you, but it's important for other people as well and it's important for children and it's just the Buddhist thing to do. And so ultimately, you do need to keep your eye on the Supreme Court and their rulings, okay? It's not a nerdy thing to do. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing to do as far as being like a someone who's involved in the, the civics of the United States. And if that is not one of the reasons why you support Trump or Obama or Joseph Biden or Hillary Clinton or whoever, Ted Cruz, then you need to then you really need to re rethink about your approach to politics. Because there's only two thing that two things that a president can actually do. And this isn't the answer to the question that's uh, posited on the podcast. The two things that a president does is that he is our number one dip diplomat, he or she, and they make Supreme Court appointments. Okay, now uh, the the to start the the, the diplomat we're not going to talk about right now, but just trust me when I say other countries laugh at him. Okay, Putin plays him like a fiddle. Um, Mohammed bin Salman uh, killed a Washington Post journalist. Trump let it go by. Uh, he buddies up next to authoritarian leaders. They know exactly what to do in order to get him to the point where China even says they would rather have Trump because he's going to be easier to negotiate with because he's an idiot over Joe Biden. Nobody in the world takes Donald Trump seriously, even though he's the president of the United States. Okay, so and and, and that's one of the rule. That's one of the things that he needs to do. He needs to be a good diplomat. But the second thing, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, 
is he makes Supreme Court appointments. When Obama was president and somebody would retire or die, uh, he appointed Sotomayor. He appointed Kagan. I think he appointed one other person. Clinton appointed, um, uh, oh my God, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Trump has appointed Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. And Gorsuch actually sided with the Democrats on, I want to say, the LGBTQ uh, discussion, the, uh, uh, the ruling. And he did it because he thought it was important. Like most people, he has a fucking soul. Uh, Kavanaugh did not. And that's the reason. And, and, and even though Trump made these appointments, they were still able to, uh, like Gorsuch went against what Trump would have wanted him to do. And so the Supreme Court this week is showing you that there is a sort of checks and balance left with the left with our society. Because if you're like me, like you just think our our government is just in the toilet right now. But thankfully, the Supreme Court is kind of signaling to us that not all hope is lost, unless Gorsuch is like saying, uh, I'm going to vote this way just for a false sense of comfort. And then once Trump's back reelected, ha ha, I'm going to be conservative again. I'm not sure he's doing that. But let me tell you that there's um, and, and, and there's other reasons why. Oh, it tells me my I should stop, uh, podcasting right now. But I'm just getting into it. Uh, but other than uh, the two reasons that I'm actually going to talk about, there are some things that may signal to people, um, why we have a two party system. Uh, one is how you treat immigrants. How do you treat immigrants? Are you all about open borders as long as you kind of sign the guest book or do you want comprehensive legislative reform or do you want a fucking wall? There's a number of things that make it uh, that, that immigration plays a part in. So unfortunately for that, there could be more than two parties there. Uh, how do you treat poor people? Uh, do you give them food stamps or is it the first thing you want to cut? And folks, did you know that if you give a person $1 of food stamps, it goes back into the country like 17-fold? Like... We benefit, like, it, it, it compounds upon itself whenever we give people money to spend in the, in the society. It's called pump priming. Whenever you give money to rich people, you know what they do? They put it back into stocks and bonds and, and the stock market. That doesn't help anybody. But how you treat poor people is a sliding scale. It's close. If you have a soul and you support poor people, you're kind of a Democrat. But if you think people should bring themselves up by the bootstraps, you're kind of conservative. But try being born with all those disadvantages instead of being born to a millionaire like Donald Trump. Uh, Black Lives Matter. This could be one of the reasons why we'll always have a two-party system, but I want to think that there is wiggle room in there for somebody that's in between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. I don't think you should be in between Black Lives Matter. I think we should all accept Black Lives Matter and just move on for fuck's sake. Black Lives also matter. But I want to say that there's just a little bit of wiggle room for a third party to fly in there. And then last but not least, flag kneeling. And I'm going to say this is in third place. Maybe the third reason why we will always have a two-party system is how you approach Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the fucking flag. Pardon my French while I'm talking about the flag, but it's true. The fucking country gets in an uproar when this person of color football player, let's remember he's throwing a damn pigskin around, kneels during the national anthem for the piece of cloth. If you support Colin Kaepernick, you're one side. If you, if you don't support Colin Kaepernick, if you're patriotic, because patriotic apparently goes above the First Amendment, hint, no it doesn't, then you probably vote conservative. But even then, there could be some wiggle room. You could have an Army veteran that supports Colin Kaepernick, or you could have a pro football player, Drew Brees, that supports not kneeling. So there is middle ground to an extent. But to give you the answer to the two reasons we will always have a two-party system are guns and abortion. Let me explain. And let me explain why I brought up the Supreme Court as well, because the Supreme Court is ultimately going to make decisions on uh, reversing Roe versus Wade or reducing or increasing gun rights. Okay, and so there's that. Uh, the president can make executive orders for gun laws and abortion laws and cut funding to Planned Parenthood, and Congress could do the same thing in the Senate and House of Reps. But what about a third-party candidate? And just to be clear. 
let's talk about gun rights first. If you are a liberal, you support gun control. Not saying take your guns away, Uncle David. I'm a Democrat telling you right now I don't want to take your guns away, and it's not a, I'm not trying to lull you into a false sense of security. <clears throat> we want a terror watch list. We want universal background checks. And heck, we'll even, we'll even say we want to harden the schools so it's harder to get in there. Or maybe a three-day wait list. We want things that you're going to abide by. And sure, there still might be gun violence. Much like I said, there's going to be another uh, police video of a white guy uh, getting killed by a, a black man. There's always going to be gun violence in a country with a Second Amendment that says you can have as many guns as you want. But for Pete's sake, let's have some gun control. But because I say that, I'm deemed a liberal and thus you'd vote for the conservative. Because a conservative is going to say, don't tread on me and my Second Amendment right. So what is a liberal going to do? You're not going to have any gun control? Well, I'm going to vote for the liberal. So where is a third party there? Let me introduce myself. My name is Jay Edgar, and I'm a third party candidate for President of the United States. I'm a moderate. Actually, I'm a libertarian. A reporter asked me, what's your stance on guns? Um, I think we should have a terror watch list. Uh, liberal. Am I wrong? There's just two sides to the argument, whether in the United States, because remember, we're talking about the U.S. specifically. And in the U.S. specifically, we have a 200, 300, 400-year-old piece of paper that says you can have guns. It's like your second right. And so you either support that gun right or you do not. And there's no middle ground. Trust me when I say. Email me. For Pete's sake, you should know it by now. I, I, I talk about it all the time. Or direct message me on Twitter or Instagram and tell me I'm wrong. And then I'll debate with you that it's like, nope, you fall into one of two camps. And then let's get real serious for a second and talk about abortion. Now, I'm not going to talk about the actual act of abortion. I'm going to talk about your stance on whether the woman should get it or not. Folks, like this, this idea that, uh, that, uh, that, that doctors have like these vacuums and there's like post-birth abortions, it doesn't happen. Like third trimester abortions are like illegal in parts of the country. And I don't know all the laws and I don't have to for this discussion because my discussion is the two reasons we will always have a two-party system and abortion is one of those two reasons. Because hello, once again, I'm Jay Edgar, your libertarian candidate for president. What's your stance on abortion, Jason? Well, I want them to be safe and rare and available. You're a liberal. What? No, I just said I'm a libertarian. Yeah, but you at least want the notion, like a, like a woman could get one. Well, of course a woman could get one. It's her choice. Oh my God, you're a flaming liberal. Or I can come back around on both instances and I can say, um, I, I don't think we should touch the Second Amendment. You're a conservative. What? I just said I'm a libertarian. And I, I think that once a woman uh, pops pregnant, that she, that she ha should have the child because the child should, uh, it's a life. Oh, my God, you're a conservative. And there's your two reasons. We will always have a two-party system. And so this election, whenever you, whenever you hear people saying, like, I wish there was a third choice, there's not a third choice. Because there's not a third choice on the idea of guns or abortion. And there might be a third, like, discussion out there. But trust me when I say, those are the two that people really go to bat for. All right? So what's Biden's stance? Well, he's the liberal. He's pro-choice, and he's for some sort of gun control. And what's Trump? Don't tread on me, Second Amendment. And he appoints Roe versus Wade hating conservatives. So it wraps back around to what I was talking about. Because we live in a country where abortions are allowed. And whenever Trump won the election and stole the Supreme Court seat from Barack Obama, it was his, if you believe in the Constitution, you can't cherry pick the fucking Constitution he picked Neil Gorsuch, which is a constitutionalist, LOL. 
and thankfully he sided with uh, the Democrats uh, during LGBTQ rights. But that's not to say that he's going to side with them over Roe versus Wade being overturned. And neither is Brett Kavanaugh. This is why Mitch McConnell is a bad individual. Because Obama was allowed to make his choice for Supreme Court in February of 2016, and Mitch McConnell said, eat a dick. And he said, let the voters decide. And then we had Russian interference. We had James Comey say that Hillary Clinton was under investigation nine days before the election, and, and, and 30,000 people voted for Trump because they just did not want to vote for Hillary Clinton, tying it back around to that as well. And this is the reason why it's my number one voting issue because there's not a, there's not a limit to how many years you can be on the Supreme Court. You can be on there for life. And that's the reason why we have to prop up Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 97 or however many years old she is, so she can give her defense of the, of, of the case that she just read. And every month or so, there's a, pre- a pregnancy scare. No, a, um, a cancer scare. Or she breaks another rib. In one of these times... And trust me, knock on wood, I hope she lives to be 124. She outlives me. But what if she doesn't and Donald Trump is president? Do you think he's going to put on a a young, progressive, liberal female? No. He's going to put on a rich, white male who hates Roe versus Wade and is going to say they're a constitutionalist so they won't touch the Second Amendment either. This is all this is making sense. My political game, this podcast, has been on point. And all this stuff is hard to argue. And I want you to argue with me. I'll give you my email address at the end of this uh, rant. We've had third choices in the past Ross Perot, Ralph Nader, Gary Johnson, uh, Howard, and then Howard Swartz and Justin Amash were both running for president. But again, why aren't they running right now? It's been all five of these individuals. They have to take a side whether they're pro-life or pro-choice or whether they're pro-gun or pro-gun control, and there's no middle ground. So you want Dwayne The Rock Johnson to be president? I mean, he's not going to have 100% of the vote just because he's a cool guy. At the point he says he's pro-choice and he's pro-gun, he's going to have all those all those people that are going to vote for him and those are the those are the voting issues i know some very smart uh, smart individuals my friend joe day is a one have you ever heard this before a one one topic voter and it's pro choice and i and i'm sorry pro life it's pro life judges he's like me he he makes his presidential decision based on the supreme court appointments the person is going to make and he voted for trump i'm uh, assuming because he's pro he's pro life all the way, and he's a smart man, but he's pro he's pro life. He just sees it one way, and I see it another. And we'll cancel each other's votes, but at least I get a, at least I get to vote in this uh, in this system. So the solutions, the stakes, it makes the stakes too high when we when when my Supreme Court decision is based on Ruth Bader Ginsburg being old. I don't want that to be the reason why I'm voting for Joe Biden. I want it to be other reasons, like how, like how he's going to make schools safer because I'm a, I'm a faculty member. I'm a professor. So the solution is term limits for Supreme Court appointments. And what I would, what I would do if I was president is if, if I become president, I replace RBG. Hopefully she says it's okay. She retires. Uh, I probably won't have another appointment, but if I did... I would give them a full a full life appointment, and then once I'm out the door, I would say term limits eighteen years. <laughs> I mean, if I'm president, I'm gonna want lifetime appointees. And here's another thing, Mitch McConnell, if you're listening, let the sitting president make their choice. And this isn't Jason Edgar saying it; it's George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Hamilton and whoever wrote the Constitution. The sitting president gets to make Supreme Court appointments. That's what makes things balanced. And you threw that balance off in 2016, and now look what we're in. All right. <clears throat> you might hate Trump, but hate Mitch McConnell more because he's the one that said you can't have your constitutional right, Barack Obama, and have Supreme Court appointments. What a great topic. 
Um, we may not, we might not have uh, ending music today, just because uh, Jess is out of town and she knows she's my sound designer today. But I'm doing my own sound design, so uh, we'll just see if there's uh, music or not. But if not. Uh, you're listening to Oops All Topics with Jason Edgar, part of the Oops All Topics Network. Uh, email me at jedgar1982 at gmail.com. Follow or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at thejedgar. Follow, share, or download the show at oopsalltopics.podbean.com and subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. And as always, be sure to lose your fear and find your voice.